on guys? My name is Al De Niro, and welcome to episode 82 of The Midnight Hour. This episode was a hastily put together interview of sorts with Codaline singer-songwriter Steve Garrigan. I went to his house for a few beers and after falling asleep on the couch at 4am and waking up with a really bad hangover just a few hours later... We decided to record a sequel to episode 18 of this podcast, which is when Steve first appeared. We discussed music, Codeline's upcoming third album, Socks, and Christmas, of all the things, uh, and, you know, various other important things in the world, such as ghosts and things like that. This episode also includes a live performance of a song that, at this point in time, has been unheard by human ears, so stick around for that, because I'm very happy with the exclusivity. If you want to discuss the episode, you can use the comment section below, or you can use the subreddit, which is reddit.com slash or slash midnight hour. If you want to download the episode, just search midnight hour on iTunes or click the SoundCloud link in the description or just go to whatever podcast app you have on your phone and it should be there. As a disclaimer, I should add that I cannot stress how hungover and tired we were when we recorded this. Also, the quality is not that great because we recorded it in a very open room and um, the microphone kind of drowned out the voices a little bit in favor of you know the open space around it so um it's just not the most professionally done episode of all time but it does contain a live performance of an unreleased song so you know if you have a problem with it then go complain about it on the internet i hope you guys enjoyed the episode i will speak to you probably in the middle of it and at the very end as well so uh yeah enjoy if, if you uh like this kind of thing leave a like on the video or leave a like on soundcloud and a repost because those t kinds of things just really help out and all relevant links will be in the description on whatever platform uh, you're viewing or listening to this on so without further ado let's get into the episode no power in the verse can stop me i'm joined today by sven gorgagon <laughs> anyway i'm joined by steve leader of the gorgonites <laughs> So um, we're both very hungover and we're recording this in Steve's house and it's in a room that's very open and if there's any production issues, just tweet Steve and tell him because he's the one who produced the and episode. Tell, well. him, tell, him, tell him, tell me I'm a failure. <laughs> he just had a speaking fail and just spilled coffee all over his couch. So it's been a good morning for us. So I'm um, very productive. The first thing I want to ask you is I'm in your home and it's very nice. But it's March and there's a Christmas tree right behind you. <laughs> it's the new year, new me tree. Um, how is that a thing? Is that laziness or busyness or both? Or is, is it just that you love Christmas? Where's your Christmas spirit? <laughs> it's back in December where it belongs. No, I mean, like, you know, there's always time for Christmas spirit. That's true, yeah. Do you listen to Christmas music as well? I do, yeah, every, every morning. <laughs> You have seven Christmas music apps on your phone. What's that about? Yeah, you have a Santa Claus onesie as well. Yeah, it's weird because your house is really big and at 7am, Jingle Bells just comes blaring through every room of the house. No, it's Jingle Bell Rock. Oh, Jingle Bell Rock, sorry. Jingle Bell, Jingle Bell, Jingle Bell Rock. What's your favourite uh, Christmas song? Because this is a perfect season to ask that question. Um, my favourite Christmas song, it'd have to be Fairytale New York. Yeah, it is the best, I it's think. It's an absolute masterpiece. But then there is another one... Um, I don't know if, if if any of your uh, listeners listen to Coldplay. No, none of them do. Yeah, it's kind of, Coldplay are such a band that you either love them or hate them. Yeah, yeah. I love them. I'm a huge fan. Um, they have a Christmas song called Christmas Lights. That's a good one, actually. I think it's a masterpiece. It's, I, what I like about that song is that it's not cheesy in, in a Christmassy way. It doesn't immediately yeah. hit you that it's Christmas, but at the same time, it's like just a song you could probably listen to any time of year and feel that sort of... No, exactly. That's the hard thing about a Christmas song. Like, I've never written a Christmas song. Well, actually, every year at Christmas... You fail I, to write a Christmas song. <laughs> I fail to write a Christmas song. No, I'd sit down. But there is a fine line between cheesy and cool. Nah. And I think, um, like, Fairytale New York is so classy. Yeah, it's know? brilliant. It's so easy to go cheesy in a Christmas song. There's too many of them out there. Yeah. It's like, oh. I know. You know? But uh, the Killers write a Christmas song every year. Yeah, I I heard one of them and I thought it was very very cheesy. I think they've done like six in a row or something. <laughs> to me, they all sound like the one song, but I'm not a huge Killers fan. I do think their first album's pretty good, but they're a bit 
The first album's amazing. Yeah, I just think the lyrics are very messy at times. Not that they matter that much. That's Brandon Flowers' style, though. I know, yeah. I think that song, oh, he's brilliant. He's kind of like, he uses a lot of metaphors. Yeah. You know, and images, um, as opposed to being really direct. There's he, so many different lyri- lyrical styles. Here. He also references other music. I really like that. Like, I'm a huge Gaslight Anthem fan, and Brian Fallon does a lot of layering in his oh, songs. That, um, Gaslight Anthem, that's a... They're a Bruce Springsteen cover band. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> How could you? <laughs> the fucking look on your face right now. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, I'm a fan as well. Yeah, Brian yeah. Fallon's amazing. Steve likes to tease me about my Gaslight Anthem love because he's a bad person. Um, yeah. Yeah, okay, I'm glad that we agree. So, um, other music is... Actually, I was going to ask you what your favourite album of 2016 was, but I was also interested to know, like, how much time do you get to just listen to music nowadays? You know, it's really, really weird. Um, the only time I actually listen to music now is when I'm driving. I just started driving, and it's like... I should have done it years ago. Yeah. It's, it's a whole new lease on life, but yeah. anybody will tell you that. But um, yeah, I just kind of love going for a cruise and then just like putting on an album, a new album, and listening to it start to finish. What's not even an album, actually. It's more Spotify and Apple Music. You have all that in the car? I, I use Apple Music, yeah. Not just nice. from my phone. Yeah, yeah. But um, And I go on to like different playlists and stuff and just listen through them and try to listen to new songs. But... I remember, uh, it's funny you asked that question because I remember I was in the middle of doing, I think it was the first, our first album um, and I turned around to Mark and I was like, I haven't actually listened to music in about a year. And yeah. he goes, me neither. Yeah, <laughs> it yeah. was weird, like, you know, and we're there, like, breaking our backs, you know, trying to put these albums together and then... I mean, the whole reason why we got into it in the first place because we absolutely love music. Yeah. And it's that sheer enjoyment that you get from hearing a song that just speaks to you, you know, and everybody's got them. Everybody's got their favourite artists and all that stuff, you know. But I don't know how I went a year pretty much without actually listening to music. That's a, There's always a point when you, uh, you go into the studio and then you kind of disappear and go on tour and come back with all these stories from, like, strange faraway places and then you and me will sit down and i'll be like listen to this song specifically yeah, yeah, and then yeah. yeah you've introduced me to a lot of cool uh, music yeah that's always like i really like doing that as well because i know how far out of the loop you get when you're like on a tour bus and you've got like limited wi-fi connection and like all your connections to the outside world are a little bit more dimmed i suppose and yeah. everything is focused on the actual writing your own songs and stuff so it's mm-hmm. kind of I don't know, it's a strange place to be in, in that you have a closer connection to the music industry than most people, and yet you also are kind of more distanced from it than most people in that way. Yeah, I mean, I always have a bunch of go-to songs, you know, that are, that are just my favourite songs. Barbie Girl. Barbie Girl, Aqua. Yeah. yeah that's Barbie Girl, Aqua, yeah. No, the, the, no, it's Dr. Jones. Dr. Aqua, Jones, that's yeah. a good one, yeah. Yeah, um, the cartoons, Ooh, Ah, Walla Walla, Bing Bang. That was a good one, yeah. It was a very important time yeah, in your no, life when I you think, heard that song. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I used to just sit in my room for hours and just listen to cartoons. Ooh, the SpongeBob SquarePants team, that was a breakthrough for you, wasn't it? That was what, what made you decide you wanted to be a musician. Yeah, I was going through a really rough time and... Uh, I just kind of... (laughs) (laughs) No, I have a lot of songs, go-to songs, like Springsteen songs. Um, I like Neil Young, and I like lots of kind of old kind of music, and uh, Sam Cooke. But um, I I love discovering a song, like, say it just comes on on the radio, and it's like, oh, wow, that's amazing. Yeah, you know? yeah, and everybody's got their own taste, you know, with music. But I just live for that feeling. I try and get that feeling when I'm writing my own songs. I want to, you know, I want to get the same feeling from what I write that I get from songs I absolutely love. Um, Nep wanted me to ask you this question, and it's kind of a silly question. <laughs> okay, but um, 
what's it like to know that you're a really good singer? Like, aside from the fact that it's served you very well in your career thus far and everything, do you ever get that feeling when, like, you walk into a room, like, if there's, an, if there's a guitar there in the corner, you're just like, I could play that and sing a song right now and blow everyone's mind here. Does that ever... Yeah, like, you're very down-to-earth and haven't changed at all since you've become famous or whatever, but before you were famous, you'd still love to grab a guitar and sing songs. Yeah. And, like, you go busking and, like, you go to open mic nights and stuff. Like, yeah. you're someone that naturally likes performing. Yeah. Do you ever just think to yourself... I'm good at singing and that's deadly. Not really. Like, God damn no, it. No, I, I think I've been singing since I was like six years old, you know. And yeah. It's always been one of the biggest things in my life, you know. And uh, I've never really thought about it from that point of view, but I suppose it is kind of cool. If you've never in known. Fairness, right? Imagine, I'm sure, like, have you ever wanted to be like a martial arts expert? Um... Kinda. You know, so you could like walk into a room and if someone was starting a fight, you'd be like, "Yeah, I could stop this fight." I, or yeah, I could, you know. I, I like I watch I prefer a. Prefer to be able to do that. Really? Yeah. Fight at all, <laughs> as opposed to be like, yeah, I'll play a song. And I mean, yeah, I love playing and I love singing. You know, and but you prefer know. fighting. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with this. No, I know what you mean. Like I watch UFC and I see Conor McGregor and like I don't think to myself. I want his notoriety, I want his fame, I want his, like, mic skills. I just think I'd love to be able to walk down the street and never fear that some... Not that I spend my time walking thinking I'm going to get beaten up, but I'd love to just be able to... If someone came up to me, to be confident enough to be like, I will put you in the ground. Yeah, but you don't have to fight. Exactly. You know that you can... Yeah, yeah. You could disarm somebody, or you could, you know, stop a fight. Yeah. But um, I think something like that is more functional, because... You know, if I walk into a room and then, like, a fight breaks out... I don't know why I'm talking about fights, but... Yeah. If you are a, a very angry out, man. How did you get those black eyes? <laughs> that's a long story. Um, I'm hardly going to pick up a guitar and start singing about peace. You never to know. To the fight. That, I mean, that worked for John Lennon, so... You are human, each and every one of us. So put down the fists. <laughs> Listen to and this. Open, and open your hands. Yeah, I pick up the guitar and play. I, I am, um, as you know, like I'm one of the biggest music fans in the world. Like I love listening to music. It's like a hobby of mine, but it's also like this whole spiritual thing. Like I'm sure, very deeply religious people, that sense of enlightenment they get. I'm pretty sure I get that from music. Like it's it's the only thing that can like just kind of disarm me from the world around me and stuff that's the power of music it's but, but it's it kills me inside that I have no musical ability whatsoever I, I have nothing but ineptitude and like I hear you writing songs a lot where you'll just be like I, I don't know you play a note and be like no uh, no it has to be like uh, and I'm just like why is he inventing these sounds and acting like it means anything just write the song and like <laughs> took me a long time to realise that music notes are things <laughs> and like you have to it's like so I don't know just the average person doesn't know about these things and it's like writing a song is actually a really nuanced like and complex thing but it is quite complex. to me it's just like why don't you just get the guitar and play the song <laughs> but no in fairness right it is complex but no it, it comes down to the simplicity it's just pick up the guitar and play sure I mean I was sing. I was there in the room when you melodies like a good melody you know, I, I'm a true believer in... Uh, Counter melodies. <laughs> no, a lyric is the most important thing for me. Always. But then other people will say it's the melody. Yeah. But I find that melodies, are they're, very, they're easy to come up with, you know. And I think a lot more thought has to go into the lyric and the actual message in the song. I, you know The National... Yeah, I love them. Yeah. They're I they're amazing. But I love that fake empire. So. Yeah, it's so good. Their singer, um, they do the melodies first, and then they base the lyrics around the melody. And I find it amazing because their lyrics are incredible. Like they're yeah. very sort of magical and otherworldly, and they don't seem to be referencing anything in particular. But then when you dig deeper, you'll find this like poem, like this absolute. And it, it's just amazing to me that they do that based on hearing a melody. You, you can do that, but that's kind of what. Uh, that's how you you do it. That's how anybody really does it. Yeah, it, it's how like hip hop 
songs are made and stuff as yeah, well. Yeah, I mean, for me, like, I've written songs. I remember I was in the car with my dad, and then he turned around and he said, it's not the destination, it's the road. Mm-hmm. And it's a quote or something, and I don't know what we were talking about, life and getting all philosophical. I think it was Hitler that said that. Jesus. <laughs> Well, just kidding it wasn't I, it I'm, I'm never going to play that song <laughs> no um, but then I, I wrote the whole song in the car and I didn't touch an instrument and then when I got home I sat at the piano and I played it start to finish yeah but it was all the lyric you know and I kind of straight away I just had the melody it was like alright that's the melody cool you know but then it was lyric 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 yeah you know it's like I really like to focus on the lyric um, a lot of people have been tweeting me about your third album Mm-hmm. and to shut them all up. Uh, so I've heard some of the songs from it, and it sounds huge. A uh, couple of songs are very heavy, I think, and reminiscent of In a Perfect World, Codeline, and then there's a couple of songs that are not really like anything that you've done before. Um, do you have a release date for the album? Um, well, we haven't got anything set in stone yet, but mm-hmm. we're looking at September, yeah, probably. That's Most pretty cool. Likely. So we should expect the lead single in the summer? Yeah. Wow, nice. And then maybe one after that, so two singles before the album. And, then, yeah. and you're going to let me do a rap verse on this album, finally? Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> so that's track nine. It's called Spit and Fire, everyone. everyone. Spit and Fire Through the... Wire. <laughs> Spit and Fire Through the Wire. Yeah. This is my desire. Come at me, if you desire... Oh, I just used Desire twice. If uh, Fire didn't rhyme with Desire, there'd be a lot of empty pop songs out there. I'd yeah, I mean, Fire is such a word in a song that's just overused. Almost when I hear it now, I'm like, oh. It's a hard one. It's cheesy. Whenever I hear it... If you use it right, it can be it's great. It's all about the bigger picture. It's all about the rest of the words. Springsteen's I'm on Fire is a masterpiece. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's so simple and yet... Your sex is on fire. It's Kings of Leo. That song, I don't actually mind, in all honesty, even though it's kind of a... Uh, it, what, about, what about Set Fire to the Rain by Adele? That's great. But, but she's not rhyming fire with anything there, is she? Oh, no, she's not. Yeah. Set Fire to the Rain. That's a brilliant song. I remember the first time. It was you that actually played that for me that, for the first time. That blew me away. Yeah, yeah. I, that was one of the albums that I was just like, when that came out, I was like, oh my God. When I heard Rolling in the Deep. Yeah, that was, was such like, a... What the hell is that for the first time? I know it's kind of overplayed now. Yeah, very much so, yeah. But the first time I heard it, for me, I jumped up off my seat and I was like, what the hell is that? Yeah. It's just a brilliant song. And phenomenal voice you yeah. know delivered incredibly you know performed incredibly but um, um but yeah there's a lot of songs with fire in it yeah that's, we didn't start the fire that's a good one but it's also just a bunch of things that happened in the world that rhyme and like he's not even making a statement he's just saying like Marilyn Monroe it's brilliant though it, it is brilliant. no it's it's a brilliant song but you it, know what he said actually at one of his shows uh, was it when he Billy messed jo- up no Billy Joel he said um, he goes Everybody was going mad for we didn't start the fire, and they were like, "Oh yeah, you know, play it. <clears throat> when are you gonna play it? Because it's one of his biggest hits ever." Yeah. And he just kind of broke down and goes, "Why do you people like this?" Song? <laughs> he goes, "It's the biggest pile of shite I've ever." Heard. He goes, "There's no melody. It's just da 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 Yeah. But like, I thought it was hilarious. But it is a genius song. It's yeah. all in the lyric, you know, it's just a big chorus. Have you heard the Family Guy parody of that song? It's just Peter Griffin and he's saying people's names and then he, towards the end he's like, famous person, movie star, don't know who these people are. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Um, hey guys, hope you're enjoying the episode. Uh, if you are, don't forget to leave a like and things like that because it's important, I guess. I mean, I see other people saying that you should do that, so I suppose it probably is important. Uh, I just wanted to drop in and remind you that if you want to buy any Midnight Hour merchandise, the link is in the description to uh, like a whole range of Midnight Hour products from metal travel mugs to 
regular big mugs and like wall tapestries, t-shirts, hoodies, all of that good stuff. It's in the description. It's uh, society6.com slash Eldenero and uh, it's just really high quality stuff. Pretty much everything uh, clothes related that I buy comes from Society6. Apart from jeans because they don't have those. But midnight hour jeans would actually probably be pretty dope. Anyway, uh, I'll let you get back to the episode. Hope you're enjoying it and go buy some stuff. I hear that you all need new duvet covers and they're only $129 so I mean they're practically giving them away anyway uh, enjoy the rest of the episode I'll talk to you at the end so uh, the third album the songs that I've heard the lyrical themes are a lot more um, what would I say? They're sort of bigger than any ones that you've done before. Like, I, I think some of your biggest lyrical themes come in songs that actually haven't been on albums, like What It Is and Take Control. There's another one I have called Moving On. I yeah. It's, it's just a really good... Uh, that was a bonus track on Coming Up For Air. Yeah. Yeah, that was brilliant. Yeah, no, I kind of... I don't know, I mean... Yeah, I don't know why a lot of the B-sides have a lot more lyrics and... I think it's because when when we write a B side or I write, you know, a song that isn't going on the album, I, I have absolutely no fear, so I just put it all in to the. It's kind of like I'm experimenting with lyrics. Yeah. To really yeah. try and get the message across. It's B sides tend to be more stripped down, I think. Like, yeah. So you can kind of play around with them a little bit before yeah. they go in. But um, yeah, exactly. I mean, there's a big difference between a single and a B side. But um, yeah, I think on this album we've gone we've gone heavy on the lyrics, you know, just yeah. really, really crafting it out, you know, and trying yeah. to exactly get across what we're trying to get across. You know, if we're writing about something or someone or whatever, we we will try our best to actually get that across to the point where if somebody hears it they'll know instantly what it's about. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's very difficult to do because, again, songs can mean one thing to one person and another thing to another person and all that stuff. But that's one of my so favourite. It doesn't really matter, but that's what we aim to do anyway. Yeah. Yeah, the song you played me last night, I can't remember the name of it. It's the huge one with the very specific kind of chord. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. very upbeat. Um, yeah, the lyrics in that sort of struck me straight away as being, um, I just feel like they're more broad than anything that you've ever done before like they're a little bit more I don't know I feel like a lot of your songs you have this like in a lot of your songs you sort of um, emanate this theme of universal uh, oneness like that we're all different but we're actually all the same and we yeah. all like that. that's a huge thing of yours I think that's that true, um, like in one day it's that's really kind of the crux of that song is that if it's if you're going through a hard time, then actually it's fine because like Everybody other passes, you buy, don't waste your time yeah, and other people have felt this way and stuff, and like you're not on your own and everything. Yeah. And, and then I think lost as well. We are ordinary people. Yeah, as beautiful as we are. And then take control as a song is a really good sequel to that idea because it's sort of as someone just coming out of that spell and being like, whoa, I can actually like do this kind of stuff and I, I feel like that song you played me last night I can't what, what's the name of it the first one it's the big I, I know what it is you can't say the name okay the name. it's called fuck Donald Trump um, <laughs> yeah it's a beautiful ballad yeah. <laughs> um, yeah anyway that song uh, it's, I've, it's a tearjerker <laughs> Trump. Yeah, and then in brackets, anthem for Melania Trump. Um, no, yeah, but that but that song kind of I feel like is isn't the third part of that trilogy of ideas. It's very like, all right, look, this is it. There's no point in. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. I hope that the listeners understand what I'm trying to say. Um, but yeah, you kind of do center around that idea a lot of um, everybody experiencing some sort of emotional like unwellness at a time but as long as everyone's in it together then it's fine and that's kind of the ultimate like mission statement i feel yeah i mean it's it, music brings people together you know yeah and like 
I don't know, like when we play shows and stuff, it's just it's it's amazing, like the the fans that we do have. Like we're not a huge band. We're just you know, we're kind of we can tour around the world and play anywhere, you know. But we play small venues, we'll play big venues, we're big in one country, small in another, you know, it's not but like what I find is all the shows we play that the fans that come to our gigs are just really passionate really passionate yeah. it's amazing you know I remember like in Poland we were playing a show and it was amazing. it was like I just like there was fans crying and stuff like we did a meet and greet beforehand and they were just like crying and saying thank you for the music it's got me through you know they couldn't even speak English so there was a translator there you know it was well, bizarre but then like they'd be singing along to the songs and they didn't even speak the language but yeah, that's yeah. what I mean. Like there, there's an understanding in it, even though they don't know what the song's about, but they can feel it. Yeah. But I remember at this particular show, like the last song we were playing, I looked out and everybody in the audience had these paper hearts, oh, and no they way. just lifted them up, these paper hearts, and somebody must have passed them out. And this is like, I don't know, about fifteen hundred people. And it's nothing to do with you. This yeah, just it's nothing. It's like a flash mob of hearts. <laughs> But, um, yeah, I remember looking out and I got a bit teary-eyed. I was just like, wow. Yeah. It's absolutely amazing. You know, that music can actually, I mean, unintentionally, you know, because we just write music predominantly for ourselves, you know, because we love it and that's what we do. And it's a way of expressing, for me, it's a way of expressing myself, you know. Yeah. Even just getting things off my chest and, you know. Um, but to, just to see that, I, I don't even know how to explain it. It was just an amazing feeling. Those hearts. What's so it? cheesy, but it was just magic, you know? Yeah, I, I think... I, I kind of feel like that breaks down the cheesy barrier in some way because it's not necessarily people who are... Like, they're not holding up a sign that says our love was made for movie screens or whatever. That Like, it, it's more... Yeah. Like you say, because they don't know all the lyrics or what they mean or something. The fact that they can resonate in some way and hold up. I, I think that that's actually a really cool thing. I think it's amazing that they organize that themselves. I always wondered how stuff like that works at gigs. Like, you see so many people that um, they're all involved in something. And I'm always like, did the band do that? Or did that just happen by itself? Yeah. So somebody organized 1,500 hearts. Or it must have been, like, there was Coding in Poland or something, like a fan group. And I think oh, yeah. a lot of them were... A lot of them were there, but they must have just passed their hearts to everybody. Yeah. It was just amazing. Um, do you ever, not so much at gigs, but uh, I, I guess what I wanted to ask you about was your ongoing rival with, uh, the, well, no, it's not you and nothing to do with you really, but the Codeline fan base have a rivalry with the Nickelback fan base. <laughs> Did you know that? They're off. <laughs> <laughs> they're off. Have you heard their new song? Um. It's actually not that bad. I'm just not going to listen to it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Do you know, I don't know if I should say this, but I heard a story from a guy I was working with in the music industry. I'd say probably don't say with, it. Who worked with Jack Kruger. Don't say it. No? No, because I want this podcast to go up on my channel. I don't want to... I want my podcast to explode. I want lots of listeners. Basically... Oh, God. I, this is not from me. This is from someone else. So I, I don't... Like, I mean... It apparently it happened. Okay. Will I tell you? No. Tell me after. Save okay. it for after. It's ridiculous. Okay. But anyway, I'll I'm tweet up. Okay. <laughs> I am. Um, sure, they're lovely people. And, uh, fair play to them. I actually saw an interview with um. Look chat. at this graph. <laughs> Look at this. <laughs> so anyway, you or Mark, one of you's. I kind of think it might have been Mark, because... Was it Vinny? Yeah, Vinny hates them. But Vinny's the quietest, yeah, like, I mean, nicest guy. Okay, right, Vinny is a very passionate guy. He's a drummer in... Uh, Codeline. Codeline. <laughs> and uh, he's, he's very passionate. So when he, like... He, and he's very set in his ways. When he doesn't... And he doesn't do it halfway. If he doesn't mm. like somebody, he yeah. fucking hates <laughs> And there's not many things that he doesn't like. Yeah, I was going to say, you know? he's such a nice guy. He's yeah, got a great beard. He drinks yeah. wine. He's just yeah. a... Like, he loves rugby. Yeah. And he, to, to the level where I can't even sit in a room with him when he's watching rugby because I get scared. And Dave Grohl. He loves Dave Grohl. He loves Dave Grohl. Yeah. But he fucking 
hates Nicholas. <laughs> like, with a passion. And was it him that said the quote? That was... Yeah. All right. I, th- I thought it was Mark, because Mark is the most, like, reactionary human. Like, Mark has this kind of, like, Gallagher swagger to him, where if you ask him a question, he'll just give you the answer. Like, he doesn't ever attempt to control what he's saying. Yeah. Like, Mark's the kind of guy that... Uh, yeah, he, you know what he's like. Anyway, you're, you're familiar with Mark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah. anyway, I, I saw this on Twitter. It was a, it was what was it like? It was when just before coming up for air came out, or in and around that time. And yeah. uh, the Nickelback fan base they have a centralized Twitter account with like thousands and thousands of followers. And they quoted that I think I forget what publication it was, but it was like Code Line. We're not fans of Nickelback or something. And the Nickelback fan base were like, "Fuck Codaline." I love straight away boycott. Code yeah, line. yeah, that, yeah. That's what it was. It was yeah. boycott. I just thought it was hilarious. That I mean, like people are entitled to like and not and dislike things. Like yeah, absolutely. Their own fucking mind, you know, whatever, you know. Yeah, and they're entitled to their own opinion. We don't like Nickelback. <laughs> you know, it's we don't mean to cause any harm in that. Yeah, I, I, in that opinion, I doubt that Nickelback care. Yeah, like, they wouldn't fucking care. Jeez, they, don't, they probably don't even know who we are. Like, they're probably on their private check counting their money. Look at this great. <laughs> no, um, but the fact that they took it to heart and got really angry was hilarious. Yeah, I, I like Vinny just put it up, and and then all of a sudden there was this backlog. I was like, who are these people? Yeah, they're probably like crazy Nickelback fans they just like their whole bedrooms are just covered in fucking Chad Kroger pictures yeah look at this graph (laughs) that's one of the greatest graphs (laughs) (laughs) there's there's like someone one of my friends um, zoomed in on that graph that he holds up in the look at this and like found out what it was and everything I can't remember it's something about GDP in like 2005 versus (laughs) 2000 like it's it's just the most graphed (laughs) Yeah, it's it's a, it's a country's gene. It's something like that. It's so boring and minuscule. And it's in the video. It's genius because it's just Chad Kruger holds it up and then it goes to slow mo and he's got this huge smile on his face. I know it's so stupid. Did you see the Trump? Uh, the other way Trump was signing off on those. Uh, yeah, executive orders. Executive orders, and then, like, he holds did you see them what up. People to, did. Yeah, they just like drew it. I saw it was a picture of a cat. Yeah. <laughs> And, badly drawn yeah, cat. and he wrote cat and spelled it with a K. <laughs> yeah. Holds it up. Oh, the internet. Yeah. It's amazing. People are geniuses. I know. There's some genius comedians on the internet, you know, who create memes and all that. Have you ever read something about yourself on the internet that's made you laugh because of how untrue it is? Um, yeah, well, no, there was... Uh, <laughs> somebody made up a story in the paper before... In the, in the Irish paper. I remember I was in America at the time and I was on tour and one of my mates sent me a picture of this article and it was like, yeah, Steve, uh, Steve from Codeline was out last night with this other band and uh, yeah, he was playing tunes and then they played a new song and then he said that it was really good so they <laughs> partied all night and then went home. And I was like, who's writing this? <laughs> I'm in America. <laughs> I was like, it must have been a stupidly slow news day. Like, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Why bother? It was so retarded. But uh, only recently, actually, there is one thing. Um, for some strange reason, my girlfriend forgot what height I was, and she thought I was a lot smaller than I uh, than I am. I'm I'm five eleven. Yeah. Right. And uh, apparently, if you look me up, it says I'm five nine. Whoa. Yeah, I know it's only two inches. It's, it does not matter. Yeah, it does not matter. Yeah. But no, not really. Other than that, like, I haven't really come across... I remember on Zane Lau, you said that you had a new pair of socks every single day, and that somehow made the paper. It was, like, in the in the middle section of the Irish... T- uh, not, not the Irish time, like, the sun or something like that. Another stupid slow news there. Yeah. Like, so you're wearing odd socks now. Um, one is pink and one is black. Do you care to explain that this is a Christmas? That is a Christmas sock. <laughs> You're wearing an inside-out Christmas sock. <laughs> Fucking hell! It's a snowman, and it says "cool." I cannot believe that the recurring theme of this podcast has been Christmas. <laughs> an inside-out Christmas. <laughs> 
and we're sitting next to a Christmas tree. <laughs> and it's March, and it's a sunny day. It's like the first sunny day of the year. It's like beautiful outside. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly didn't know it was a Christmas song. I just took it, you know. Unbelievable. But sure, you know it yourself. So, um, you've been playing a lot of video games lately. Is that your way of unwinding? Um, yeah, it keeps my mind off the fact that I can't find the other Christmas socks. <laughs> and it's heartbreaking. So I just try to ignore it and playing Playstations, you know. What's your favourite game to play? Seeing as we're talking to an army of... Yeah. Um, I really, really... I've gotten really into FIFA. Uh, I'm not very good at it, but... Um, he plays with sliders, just for everyone. What sliders? Sliders is what you did to the AI when you make them oh, really yeah, bad. Yeah, yeah. No, I didn't do that. That was somebody else. Okay. Yeah. Um, I love Modern Warfare. Yeah, yeah, we've the, been playing that. The remastered. Yeah, the remastered one yeah. was so good. I hope they remaster number two. They're gonna... I, th- I think they're gonna do it next year. I'm not sure. And then I'm pretty damn good at Rocket League. Are you? Yeah. Are you really? I'm pretty good, yeah. Because I'm pretty good at Rocket League. I've just... i am kind of got a handle now on, like, the aerial moves. We should play Rocket League, then. We should play a game. Yeah. What? When do you... You're going to the UK tomorrow, is it? Uh, I'm going away, yeah, for going to studio for six weeks or something. something uh, it's one of those. Is that... I might... No, I can't really bring a PlayStation to the studio. No, I just won't do anything. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, but you know we can play online or whatever at some point. Yeah, yeah. No, no, we or should. Have a quick game after this. I probably don't have time. Oh. We both have appointments in like an hour, so uh, we don't actually have a lot of time for this episode. What time is it actually? It's twenty past one. Uh, right, we probably have another like ten minutes or so, I guess. Yeah. Um. So you play a lot of Rocket League. You when you go into the studio now, is that it? The album's gonna be like recorded fully. Sorry, I just got a text message and I completely zoned out because I'm replying. <laughs> My girlfriend's in New York, and uh, she just found a, uh, a... It's like 6 a.m. over there. What is she doing awake? Um, she got a birdie, I think, to go to the... Or maybe it's jet lag. But she sent me this Ghosts and Witches of Williamsburg combination tour. Wow. Because... Uh, You're mad into... I, I love ghosts and stuff like that. Have yeah. you ever seen a ghost? Um, no. Yeah. I mean, I'd look, like, I'm very, I'm a skeptic, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'd love to, uh, if You're, I did see a ghost, it would be amazing because it would prove that there is something more than, than just life. Do you feel like you're more entrenched in the mythology of it rather than the actuality of it? Um, yeah. Because no, I don't, I don't believe in ghosts. Yeah, at yeah, all, yeah. You know, I'm just fascinated by it. And I love the feeling of being scared. Yeah. It's bizarre. Actually, yeah, that was something I wanted to talk to you about, um... Because you have all this, you have all the VR gadgets, right? Like I have the PlayStation VR, and I had the HTC Vive. Was that the one that That's, was? You walk around the room. I had to get a PC to hook it up. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I've kind of put packed that away now, and I just stick into the PlayStation VR. And how are you finding it? You're playing Resident Evil with it. It's unbelievable, and it is fucking scary. Yeah. It's proper, like in VR, like it's. I mean. When I first put it on, there's this point where just this crazy possessed uh, girl, and she like runs at you, and she's right in your face. And when you have the VR on, the first time that happened to me, I just fucked the hell out of <laughs> on the ground and legged it out of the room. And I was like, wait, 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 hold on, hold on. This isn't real, what am I doing? <laughs> so I went back in, and I was like, all right, yeah. she's not going to get me. She's not gonna get it. She got you. It's a game. I have to keep reminding myself it it, it was a game. (laughs) It's one of those things that makes your heart go. Oh yeah, yeah. So, and do you get that when you're going on stage, or do you just? Um, an adrenaline rush. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. 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 I mean, like, I get that all the time. You know, I don't want to make this a podcast about anxiety. No. Which is a heavy topic. um, I have enough of that in my real life. (laughs) Without fucking talking about it on here. No, but um, it's kind of, you know, like a panic attack, you know. But in a good way, sort of. But in a good way. Yeah. But what I found is that, like, a panic attack is a really bad thing, you know. And if you're unlucky enough 
to have them. Um, it's kind of, it's strange that, like I've had bad panic attacks and it'll really completely consume me and I'll just be a, a ball of fear and I'll probably be a ball of emotion just fucking cowering in the corner and crying. Yeah. But I get the same physical sensations yeah. when I go on stage. Like, there's not much difference between it. Like, the heart racing, yeah. you know, kind of sweaty hands. Like, just the same physical sensations. But when I'm going on stage and I have those physical sensations, I'm actually pumped. Yeah. And I'm excited. So, I had a panic attack recently. And I tried to look at it from the point of view of excitement. In a weird way. Yeah. And it... It, it, it actually kind of worked it relieved it and it's strange yeah that's I um, I actually quite recently started taking medication and my doctor was like for the first six weeks that you take this yeah. you will feel heightened anxiety uh, with everything you do so like when I was really excited about stuff I was actually terrified and what I figured out for myself was that it was like when I'm excited, it's like you said, it's all the exact same sensations. Physical sensations. And what happens is your brain is like, oh shit, your heart is beating really fast. That's a bad thing. We need to shut this down and panic. Yeah. So like once you can control that, which is a very, very tough order. Easier said than done. Yeah, yeah. But if you can, then you kind of conquer anxiety there and then and you yeah. can turn everything into one of the... But I, I am... I, like I get a, adrenaline rushes over like the weirdest things like... When I um when I play games online and people are watching and like I know that if I have a chance to like win or do something amazing, like my heart starts racing and I'm like, Oh, this is it and like it throws me off yeah, know, like yeah. so much. But at the same time it's sort of if you can just control it and like point it towards something and then you know, it's incredible. Yeah. But no, it is amazing. It's like an adrenaline rush, you know. They say that um, if you, on a first date, if you take a girl to a scary movie, mm-hmm. she's more likely to fall in love with you or have like a positive reaction to you because... Because of the height and yeah. and the physical sensations. Yeah, and, and the fact that they're also presumably having a good time because you're good company, then they associate that with, that was a really heightened emotional experience and it was really positive, so therefore this person gives me a really good feeling like that's that's real yeah yeah that's like a uh what do you call a life hack for anyone that (laughs) that's awesome yeah yeah well dating advice yeah that's right so my final question what do you look for in a woman (laughs) just kidding um i don't really know what else to say because we have not got a whole lot of time left but um you have a painting of bruce springsteen on your wall i do who gave you that? Um, a guy called Glenn. Um, he's an amazing painter. Yeah, he's I can incredible. see that. Like he, he just painted it himself, and uh, like I kind of told him what I wanted. That's a famous uh, a picture of Springsteen holding his first album, and uh, yeah, I wanted that, and then I wanted that quote on it: "The best music is essentially there to provide you something to face the world with." Yeah, it's one of Springsteen's quotes, and it just it really speaks to me. I think it's amazing, you know. Um, um, but yeah, I, love it. I actually did want to ask you: Has anything really embarrassing happened to you on stage yet? Have you forgotten what town you're in? My fly has been open. Really, <laughs> for a whole gig? I've lost count. Oh my god! Yeah. I think like just too many. And there's wow. always someone in the front row pointing at it the whole game. <laughs> and then it takes me like 20 minutes to realise, and then I'm like, oh, oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now I understand. Oh, yeah. That, that happened to me one day in work, right? Yeah. About two years ago. And ever since then, every single time I go to the bathroom in work, I zip it up about 50 fucking times. There's nothing worse when. Did you ever wear a pair of trousers? And the zip is loose. Yeah, so yeah. So it keeps kind yeah. of going halfway down. Yeah. I and mean, you spend the whole day just zipping it up. It's not fair. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's terrible. It is, yeah. But, like, I bought a brand new pair of jeans, and the zip would be like that. Should you bring it back? <laughs> That's the real question. I don't know. I, they say, um, I, I don't You wear very skinny jeans compared to me, so maybe yeah. that's something but to do with it. These are for that very reason. Yeah. 
I have button jeans as well. Yeah. It's the only way forward. But I still come out with the jacks and I'm like putting my hand down to zip it up. Like just, it's, it's like a, I don't know, I've gotten myself in. You know like when you leave the house and you're like, did I leave the oven on? And then you're like, no, I haven't cooked in four years. <laughs> <laughs> did I leave the oven on? Oh no, wait. Yeah. I don't even know what an oven is. Did I, did I leave the iron on? I don't even own an iron. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's what I'm always like. Shit, have I, have I unzipped have I zipped my fly back up? <laughs> So yeah, there you have it. That's a, a good note to end this podcast on, I think. Very relevant conversations. Yeah, yeah. Um, I wanted to dig a little bit more about Album Tree, but then I was like, no, I think I'll let it happen naturally, but it will come out in September, or that's the plan. Yeah. Okay. Well, do you want, do you want me to play a song? Nah. No. No, like I could play this song. Probably won't make the album, so it doesn't matter. What song is it? It's that song that uh, I wrote in the car with my dad. Oh right. My dad said it's not the destination; it's the road. And then I wrote the whole song, went home, and uh, before I touched an instrument, I just wrote all the lyrics, and then I sat down and I played it. And you've no problem throwing it away onto the podcast. Yeah, do it. It's like a song just cool. If you think that it's okay, I think it's fine. Your label's not going to make me pull the podcast or anything, are they? No. I'd say it's alright. Steve Steve just went and grabbed one of the four guitars hanging off his wall. This is a Midnight Hour exclusive. Thank you for listening. Where have you come from? Where will you go? Do you follow your instincts deep down in your soul? The world's full of changes that nobody can see. You get what you're given. You get what you're given. Nobody knows what the future holds. So just say.
I hope you enjoyed that episode, especially the song at the end. I thought it was really good. I'd never heard it before, and that's kind of rare because I end up eavesdropping on a lot of Steve's recording sessions sometimes. So I end up hearing songs in their early stages and they get stuck in my head and they become like already a song. Whereas this was something that I completely never heard before. So that was like my actual reaction was to clap my hands. Uh, anyway, um, I hope you guys enjoyed, as I said, and just a huge thanks to Steve for his time because uh, we were super pressed for time going into that episode. Um, I had like a lot of stuff on that day and Steve had to go into the studio the very next day anyway. So um, that was pretty much the only time we could possibly get to record an episode. And it has been a while and a lot of you guys have been requesting that he come back onto the show. Um, it's just obviously he is a busy guy and it's really hard to... Um, I don't know, take the time to do something like that, but uh, I'm quite happy with it, especially the song, it was so damn good. So that was the song that closed the episode, usually I have a song that I chose, whereas this time that's not what happened. But um, we'll be back with a new episode next week, um, it's not recorded yet, but myself and Dr. John are going to continue our conspiracy theory themes, and uh, I think we're going to discuss the New World Order as a concept that... Um, maybe a skeptical eye on it but also just looking into the genuine possibility that there are a secret group of people ruling the world even though there probably isn't but you know we have some research to do and uh, i hope you guys are looking forward to that episode uh, above everything else uh check out the subreddit in the description because that's um where i don't know I, i'm just really really active on there and i read all the comments and stuff so if you want you know my attention on any one specific idea that you have that is the place to go and with that we're out i'll see you guys next week thank you very much for all the support and all of that stuff and uh yeah here's to another 82 episodes peace